Welcome to the Inside the Junior Rain podcast. I'm your host, Ben Frank, and each and every week we give you an inside look on what goes on behind the scenes of a USA Hockey model association, the Junior Rain. We believe in learning, we believe in age-appropriate, long-term athletic development, and we believe we have the responsibility to harness the power of youth sports to create better athletes, better people, closer families, and a better world. Thank you for joining us, and together we can make youth hockey a life-changing experience. Okay, we are live, and welcome everybody to episode number nine of Inside the Junior Reign, where we give you an inside look on uh, what goes into the day-to-day of behind our mission of together making youth sports a life-changing experience. I am your host and club president, Ben Frank, and with me as always is our Chief of Hockey Operations, Paul Esdale. Uh, and I just want to remind everyone, uh, whether you're watching live or via the replay, please let us know you're here and watching. Uh, we really enjoy reading the comments, but even just giving us a thumbs up that you're here and watching. Uh, a lot of you will be uh, replay viewers, so uh, we'd love to, to interact with you as well. Uh, let us know you're here, and uh, let us know any comments or questions you have. And if you like what you what you hear, uh, we appreciate you sharing it and uh, passing on uh, our message. Uh, so today, uh, we talk a lot of times with uh, about our three pillars at the Junior Reign, the, the, the ABM being the program that we do with the kids, the Positive Coaching Alliance being our, our, our culture, and then our unique staff structure. And today we're going to focus on pillar number two, the Positive Coaching Alliance, and what that means for the culture of youth sports, an organization we create here at the Junior Reign, and what some of those specific uh, principles are uh, that are important for us to, to, to uphold and to put into place. So Paul, uh, it's often referred to from the Positive Coach Alliance as the development zone uh, for athletes and for, for everyone involved. Explain to our viewers what the development zone is. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I think the first off, it's this has been maybe one of the hardest things to do in, in youth sports is to create a positive uh, learning culture and a development zone. And the other zone is the competition zone. So we, we, we also know that uh, in the development zone, there is competition, but what what environment are we creating? I think that's the hardest thing. I think not just in youth sports, but even in businesses. I think people talk a lot about the culture, but it's really hard to establish. And I think that's one of the things what, when we came over uh, and, and to, to the Riverside and Carlsbad area, is it's a continual thing that we want to continue to work on. Um, but that that was the biggest thing. And really what it is, it's, it's, it's the way we do things around here, right? So it's the way we do things here. So from how we interact with the kids, how the kids interact with the, the opponents, how the kids interact with uh, uh, the, the, the other coaches, how the parents interact watching a game, how they watch a practice. It's all these little things that add up to the bigger culture and create that development zone. And really in the development zone, we want a positive learning environment that is going to give um, the kids the best and families the best experience for their future. And that's, we've been given this, this great platform of youth sports where we face these daily challenges and it's, it's really easy for um, the culture to be compromised because of the outside uh, interferences and there's so many variables. And I think that's the constant thing where we need to uh, realign ourselves uh, as coaches and the leaders and, and players and parents to make sure we defend our culture and we uphold our culture, and that's the challenge we, we face every day. Uh, Paul, a, few, a couple of things there, really important things I want to highlight. The first being, 
Um, you know, we weren't always a, a partner for Positive Culture Alliance. We maybe we had a thing that we envisioned of how we wanted things to be, but we didn't necessarily have it on paper or know how to communicate and how to go about it. Why is it so important? Why is PCA and why have organizations like ours have taken the PCA pledge? Why is it so important to clearly put out there the way we do things here? And this is how we do things here. Yeah, and I think PCA has obviously made, uh, they've grown uh, greatly in the last few years and, and they are really recognized by a lot of big organizations now and the, the science behind and I want to talk a little bit about science because the science behind uh, some of the methods and methodologies of positive coaching lines is, is supported that this is for elite performance and peak performance right so the top athletes in the world as you see as the culture of sports has changed from it used to be where you know uh, really tough environment where you know uh, coaches would scream, yell the kids, make them you know run stairs until they throw up, till understanding you know 10, 15, 20 years later, where now we're actually understanding the athlete and understanding, hey, maybe there's something going on at home that we need to understand about how do we approach them, how do we work with them to get the most out of them, and so they 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 play to hit their peak performance instead of playing scared. So there's 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 the science behind that is there. And when we, you know, found out about positive coaching, the great thing about it is they have a lot of tools in place that we can, we can use to help build our culture. It's not just, you know, Ben's way. It's, it's, this is supported at the highest levels by the highest athletes, and they give us those tools that help us. Uh, Things find that the we culture. can refer to and use with the kids and with the parents yeah. and with our coaches to train. So uh, you mentioned some of the people that are behind this, Paul, just, just to, for everyone. Again, this isn't just about you said you said this earlier. Not just creating a positive culture it means just just being nice and soft and easy with with kids. It's about getting the most out of the growth experience, getting the most. So some of the people behind this, Steve Kerr, right, World Championship coach yeah. with the Golden State Warriors, Phil Jackson, ten NBA NBA championships, Dusty Baker from from baseball. He just got fired from the Nationals, <laughs> but uh, a very successful baseball manager. Doug Wilson, the GM of the San Jose Sharks, uh, or president, sorry, president yeah. of San Jose Sharks. Um, so people in, ho in hockey, baseball, football, Doc Rivers, with the LA Clippers. So this is like, these are people working with million dollar athletes talking about the science behind how to get the most out of their players through positive coaching types of, of techniques. And the other big point that I want to come back to that you alluded to, you, you mentioned the opposite of the development zone being the competition, competition model, the development model being the competition model. And that's something that maybe people uh, maybe may not totally understand because obviously in sports there's competition. Sure. Uh, but you, you alluded to the old school way of approaching players uh, and really it's from that kind of competition mindset and it's, and it's and some of the biggest distinctions between those two models, the development model, competition model, development zone, competition zone is short term versus long term, right? So if you have a coach that is just trying to uh, drive something out of the players without any care for what they'll just, they'll just, uh, They'll just get rid of that player and get the next one and do, to do the job kind of thing, right? They'll just expend, expend them for short term, like maybe just abuse them or whatever, get as much as you can and then, and then discard them versus getting to that peak performance long term. Yeah, right? and I, I think that was the pro model and then it's trickled down into youth sports. And the interesting thing now is the pro model is going away from that because yeah. they're starting to realize that was short term. So when there are any of these, uh, you know, higher level organizations, they're building people too. They're building their culture. They're spending money on bringing the right people in to work with their players. So it's 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 really interesting. And now U Sports is behind. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to do is provide this platform that this is a, for elite performance. And, and 
getting the most out of our athletes um, and bring it to youth sports. And, and the, the things that I, I started to think about and realize is that in youth sports, we know the percentage of playing professional hockey, it, 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 you know, there's a small percentage of kids that make hockey, but what are we trying to do? We're trying to create memories and experiences for the kids and provide life lessons. So the, this, um, you know, this, this model to develop the better athletes, better people is really critical just for their life, right? Whether they continue on in hockey or, or not, but if they can take some of these lessons down the road to their, 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 to their future, to their jobs, to their kids down the road, they're, they're going to have more success, right? We, we know that. And anything that they do, right? And that's yeah. why it helps them in their sport too, right? We know that if we have players that are harder workers, have a more positive attitude, better leaders, more coachable, they're going to be better players too, regardless, right? They're, they're, they're going to, and they're going to be better at anything they do, school, work, life, anything else. And, and, and the experience is going to be more rewarding, mm -hmm. right? So it's, 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 we're up against the one and all cost model, I think, with some of the things we see in youth sports. And in the development zone, we want to win and we're trying to win and we want to do whatever we can to win within the, the, the rules and making sure we develop everyone. And, that, and that's the difference. And it's the same thing in life, right? You, you can cheat your way through certain things, but at the end of the day, the truth will set you free, right? And the truth will come out. And I think that's the important thing to know is to know your truth and know that you're working towards something. So if you have the perspective of the development zone, uh, you know, when you lose a game 10 nothing or three to two, uh, sure, there's some emotion there in the moment, but then you're taking a step back and making sure that that experience for that athlete, it has from some perspective and context of what this really means in the bigger picture of, of life. And so some, some key differences are gonna come back to, right? So we have the development zone on one side, our development model, and the competition model on the other side. We talked about short-term versus, you know, short-term on the competition side versus long-term on the development side, right? So, so focused on right now versus long-term development of, of the athletes and, and maybe of the whole, of the whole program. We also talk. We also talk about uh, outcomes versus process, yeah. right? And if you're focused on just the short-term outcome, uh, there can be. There's a lot of either success or failure all the time, and it's win or win or lose, and it's all or nothing. Versus long-term process, there's 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 positives and there's lessons you can learn from every moment along the way. Yeah, and I've talked about this before. Like, if you hear any interviews from the top coaches from the National Hockey League, they always talk about the process, right? And I'm thinking back to my playing days, uh, thinking about college because I was at Brown for four years. And I remember our first couple of years, we, we, had, we had some really low wins. We had some tough seasons. And thinking back, I, we didn't have the right culture. It wasn't like we didn't have the right, there was some, we had some good players, but the culture wasn't right because the, the connection with the players and why we were doing it and what we were trying to accomplish wasn't there yet. It wasn't established properly. And then as we developed that and we got closer as a team, that team building, that culture, you know, binding to the organization of the university at that time, right, playing for the Brown Bears, that meant something, that pride, three, year three and four was completely different and a completely different experience. And, but it, I really now look back and really was, it was just the culture that made the difference. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned also, you know, that even the professional model now changes. So you, you'll see a lot less, a lot less of the crazy coach going nuts on the, on the bench, throwing all the sticks and the water balls out <laughs> on the bench or abusing the players, the Mike Keenan type approach. Yeah. 
this is, some of these factors make like they're selfish reasons sometimes, right? Longer term contracts, maybe knowing that they can have more long term success by developing their draft picks, keeping them in the system rather than discarding players all the time. If you draft a player at high uh, in a high round and then and then you just burn them out and, and you kind of discard them, you, you waste a lot of time, resources, and money and things like that. So this more successful organizations, and I think it's probably always the case, but maybe it's more prevalent now. More successful organizations build and grow and develop people. They develop coaches even from within and athletes from within and they keep a culture together as an organization. So short-term, long-term pro process versus outcome. I uh, did, uh, did it yesterday, I think it was, there was an interview with Matt Ryan, the quarterback of the, the Atlanta Falcons, who they were in the Super Bowl last year, had a big loss, in this, big comeback loss in the Super Bowl. They've been under some criticism this year because they didn't have as much success early on. They had a big win yesterday. They're interviewing them. I, was, I noticed that they're interviewing after the game. Said, well, what do you think was the difference in things? He said, well, actually, there's no difference in this game. I think we have a great group, a great group. It's really together. We've been committed to the process all season long. The process has, has been good all season long. We haven't always got the result and the outcome that we wanted, but we've been very committed to the process, and we keep focusing on the process. He said it about 10 times, yeah. and this is, and now we're starting to get the results that we want because of it. And this is at the highest, the highest Yeah, level. I just want to talk a little about hockey-related, is, is, and that's why the, the, you know, even in the American Hockey League, right, the Ontario Reign League, um, they're they're thinking about process of the people and the players, right? Because now you see a lot of the American Hockey League teams are moving closer to their NHL teams, right? So now it's right. and it's all connected. Now before it was like separate organizations, you know, different coaches running their own things. Now we have you know obviously LA LA Kings and then right in Ontario is Ontario Reign and they're they're doing the same cultures, same processes, same systems. All these things are connected because these players they know one day if they treat these guys right. They're going to develop them in the American Hockey League, and they're going to play for the big club and the, and with the LA Kings. And if they, the better they treat them, the more they want to stay there. And all these things that if you do it the right way and develop culture the right way, they, you're going to have success. And the, the, the last uh, big point I want to make just on the, dip, the stark differences between the two. So, And, I, and I, we've talked a lot about this uh, overall as a club with our transition as a club. But again, short-term, short-term, long-term process outcome and the other thing is changing the focus right when i when when a lot of times when i first started coaching this is a realization i had to make for myself you're focused on you as the organization or you as the coach we have to win x number of games we have to get these certain championships so we can hang the banners so that other people think that we're doing a good job so that people are happy and they want to play for a winning club or so that i feel good that i accomplish something because I coach these kids up to success or whatever mm -hmm. versus changing the emphasis on the athlete and the emphasis being all the decisions and all the environment being set up for the athlete to have the most success for their individual path regardless of what that means for our our goals and then our goals are to set the, the, the culture up for them to be successful and that's a big yeah, change of perspective. Yeah, and it comes down to the leaders of the organization and it comes down to uh, ego, right? And understanding what your purpose is, right? If your purpose is, you know, to win hockey games or to develop people. And I think that's really important. And, and there's a great platform. Youth sports is a great platform because there's so much adversity. Yeah. And winning's great. And guess what? So is losing. And losing's great too if it's done the right way. Yeah. And we want to win. We want, we'd love to win every game, but really, would we? Because then are we really being challenged, right? I actually talked to one of the teams this weekend about I, the things I like about hockey are there's always someone better, right? So that knows, that pushes us. If you know, if you deep inside, if you have that passion, and that's why we talk a lot about how it's got to be fun and they got to have that passion. But if that passion to learn and get better, there's always someone above you. 
And, and if you don't have that, what are you striving for? And I think that's a critical piece. And I know that in my hockey career and coaching, that's part of it is you always want to try to improve and get better. And there's always going to be someone that's ahead of you. So, you know, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to, you know, you lose a game. Is that going to push you down and keep you down? Or are you going to get back up and, you know, we talk about that grit, right? Build and challenge and, and let it provide, let this, let this loss be an opportunity for growth. And it's really comes down to a lot of the mindset stuff. And so, Paul, you, you, talk, a, you talk a little bit about um, the unique opportunity that youth sports gives us to make this impact. That's why it's something that's so special to us because we love hockey. We found a, an avenue to really make a big impact through something that we love in hockey. And, and just to add to that, youth sports is a tremendous opportunity to do something completely unique with, with kids that I think really just can't be replicated anywhere else. It's, we, we call it a microcosm of, of life and society, which means it's you know, small bite-sized representations of life in general in these little moments all the time, right? Every week, you have a chance to fail or succeed. You have a chance to have things happen to you that are fair and unfair. You're part of a team, so even if you play really well, you can be unsuccessful or lose, or someone doesn't pass you the puck. You can do the right thing, and the referee makes a call that's not correct. You can play a team that's playing at a level they shouldn't be playing at. They're too too strong for that level, or they have one player that's that's too that's playing down, and the coach plays them the whole time. I mean, all these things are outside of your control, and, and or you win, and you got to deal. Now you got to be a good. You know, how do you handle winning? Are you are you a good teammate? Are you are you a good sports with the other team? How do you handle losing? Do you quit and or do you keep yeah. going? And these things are happening, and in every in every practice, your teammate <laughs> hits you by into the corner, and you got to control yourself, and and, and, and you got to work extra hard, and, and maybe a skill that you're not so good at, or someone else is better than you, and you're falling behind, and you're constantly going through these things, and if you don't quit. And you keep going. These things all—they're ha- going to happen in life, but maybe in life it just—they don't happen nearly as often. How often are you in a critical yeah. situation? And, and and the interesting thing of that, we're, and these are kids that are going through all this, right? Right. And so they're growing up, they're maturing, and they're not polished uh, adults, they're not right? That's family, the right? Exactly. Right. And and that's the great thing about it. And life isn't fair. Who's, yeah. And and when you know, and, and when when something happens in a game and kid gets upset and says, "Oh, that wasn't fair." Yeah. Who said it was supposed to be? Yeah. Right? And that's the, the, like a good line, right? Because life is tough. Yeah. And there's, a, there's challenge all the time. And it's really how you handle the adversity and the challenges that will prove how the results and success you'll have in your life. And imagine, imagine, life, so imagine a, a life of a kid who goes through youth sports the entire youth, mm-hmm. who's had constantly these decisions to succeed, fail, deal with things that are unfair, deal with challenges, all these things. Yeah. And really... 99.9% of the time, if not 100%, none of them are actually that, uh, they're not life-changing. If they react poorly or they don't, they don't handle it right, they can learn from it and it's not catastrophic to their life. Right. Right? So they can go through mis- making these mistakes, they handle something poorly, they learn from it, they, they do it better next time. So then when they do face these things in life, they, they, they have, they're in high school, they have, they're faced with peer pressure, with, with drugs, with, with criminal yeah. behavior, yeah. With their, you know, not getting into a college they want, with a tragedy in their in their family life, with with all the, the divorce, all these different challenges that that happen in life, they've gone through a thousand challenges before, and they've got through it, and they've learned, and they've gotten better, much more equipped to handle this adversity now versus a kid who's maybe had two challenges in their entire life because they haven't been in this environment, they've been kind of just in this protective. Because we live in a good society, or you yeah. protect the thing, and you, now you deal with this major thing, and you don't know how to how to deal with it. Yeah, and that and that's the the challenges with if ever if you just win at everything you do, right? And you're handed these trophies all the time, and that's the science behind why 
participant trophies and eighth place trophies are, are not good for kids because it devalues actually winning, right? And it doesn't prepare kids for the adversity that's ahead. And that's that's the really the thing. That's why this environment here, the youth sports environment, is just provides so many of these challenges. And that's why we, as as leaders, have to guide them along their journey. And it doesn't mean everything's just happy sunshine and rainbows, right? But it means we handle the the the, the challenges ahead with the right approach to get them to work through these challenges. And I think that's the important thing. And so we talked about the, the, the amazing opportunities we have in youth sports as a, as a, as a vehicle um, to, to, have, to host this development zone. At the same time, you mentioned uh, youth sports is, is very, overall is very much behind as far as where, it, where we believe it should be as far as priorities of being a developer. Because really, what is the purpose of youth sports? Yeah. All of it should, is a development zone, right? None of it should be entirely based on outcome and no one's, you know, there's not, this isn't your profession. This is the purpose of youth sports is to, is to develop and grow athletes and, and people. And as, as far as I think anyone would, 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 would understand if they step back and look at yeah. it that way. And so we talk about these unique opportunities. However, the, the actual culture itself, there's a lot of challenges with, with you said, with actually maintaining and creating developments by making the changes as an organization, making the commitment as a staff and as a parent group and it's all together to make it develop. So talk about some of the challenges we have, you have to deal with in this culture, yeah. even just with rules and these types of things I, to create a development. Yeah, I think a couple things. I think, uh, just on that topic, a piece that the Positive Culture Alliance, they have a great introduction video that talks about, like, why are we playing sports? Like, why, as a kid, it's a kid talking, why are we even playing new sports? Mm -hmm. And I thought this was supposed to be fun. Yeah. And they're talking about all these crazy situations where, you know, guys came on the field and punched the ref out and all these yeah. pushing kids, all these crazy situations that have happened and happened in youth sports. And it's like, well, what are we even doing here? So I think, I, I think having that understanding that, one, these are kids, right? Two, we're the adults. We're supposed to provide that environment and that culture for them to grow and enjoy themselves and get better. And I think the challenges we face on a daily basis is people with winning and losing and, and youth sports is that... I think adults and coaches, they think it's their egos on the line and it, it defines who they are, right? And, and I, you ask, you know, someone's really upset about losing, which is fine, but why are you upset about losing, yeah. right? And, and that's, that's the thing. Are you upset because, well, you didn't give your best effort and you know you have more? Well, that's probably an okay one, yeah. right? But are you upset because your dad's mad at you now because he doesn't think you're a good player? Because you embarrassed well, him. Right. Because, why is your dad yeah. mad? Because, well, he's mad because it's... You, he thinks this, this, you know, the squirt hockey game represents the type of person he is, and his ego's on the line. So it's, it's really, it's really a, a lot of stuff going on there, and trying to unpack that, and trying to get um, the culture to see the different perspectives and the different mindsets of what we're really doing here, what the purpose is of youth sports. And there's only so much we can control, right? And so we'll see this. We'll come into turn big tournament weekend. Right, and we can talk about our, our, our coaches and yep. the way we want to interact with our players. We can talk to our players in the way they interact, etc. We can talk to our parent group in the way they interact, and not and none of that's going to be completely perfect either. Our our our, our players are going to make errors of judgment or respond poorly and things like that. There's going to be situations we have to handle with parents or even coaches sometimes. Uh, however, you're going into an environment you're going to play against another club from who knows where. It could be from Canada. It could be from some yep. other club or whatever who maybe has a completely different culture. You're going to be having referees and who knows what their, their background or experience or their 
approach is going to be and some referees are excellent and some referees yeah. maybe have a chip on their shoulder or whatever right um maybe then some of them don't have as much regard for the safety of the players or whatever or maybe there's lack of experience so you're going to be you're coming in with this great intentions of we 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 have we have the, the positive culture and you're faced with fans on the other side that are yelling at mm -hmm. your players your, your your kids it's easy to get worked up and caught up in it maybe a, a, a referee who's letting the game get out of control and there's there's some some hits on the players and things a coach from the other team who's yelling at the players and you're dealing with this environment that you don't have control over and a lot of people if, if we don't have a clear culture this is how we do things here we take the higher role we, we represent these things it's easy for people great people to get pulled into arguing with the parent in the stands from sure. the other club that gets escalated or yelling at the referee or trying to help your team by shouting instructions onto the, yeah. onto the ice and things like that. And I think that. we've all made those mistakes and we, we still make those mistakes at times and get sucked up, sucked into that and that's the learning process, right? But it's really that entertainment culture, right? That's what people are based on. It's that, that fan, like I'm the fan, I'm the armchair, armchair quarterback, yeah. right? So when I'm watching the game at home, and you know yelling at tom brady or any of these quarterbacks oh they suck they suck they should be traded all this stuff and really that's the fan the entertainment culture and that unfortunately has trickled into these sports now i'm saying you know uh oh johnny you know i have a kid on a team now johnny his teammate at 11 years old is no good yeah. right and we're and let's take a step back what are you talking about yeah. you're judging an 11 year old on his hockey ability when probably you can't even skate, right? So it's like the perspective of that is you have to catch yourself because it's the culture on the outside is trying to attack and even us if you every can, day. Right? And even if you can, <laughs> yeah, you're a good player, an NHL player. Of course. Again, the focus has changed. Like versus, yeah, you go to a you go to a Kings game and you're a paying fan mm -hmm. and you pay your money and maybe you want to have have some drinks and you want to <laughs> yell at the referee and yell at the other team. And I suppose you're entitled to do that. And those people are professionals, they're adults, and are making lots of money. It comes with the territory. Sure. And you go to a and then you so, so and then you go to LA Kings Ice Town and the Junior Rain and it's a nice rink and it <laughs> looks just a lot like that same type of a game but it's a completely different environment. It's kids with 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 helmets on who the different levels of experience and abilities. Some are more mature than others and growing. And what are we and and as a, we say together, making youth sports a life changing experience is they're you know they're, they're vulnerable and receptive to all these different adult influences. Coming, coming down on them, and one really negative thing can have major impacts on those kids, and one really positive in, instance can have. Well, and, and that's what happens, right? You, when when kids quit quit sports and quit quit hockey, it's because it's no fun, too much pressure, right? And it's all about the winning, and that's why kids quit sports. And if we, we if we as a group, as an organization, as a, as a country, as a sport, we if we can think about when we walk into a rink. That it's it's more like a laboratory or it's a classroom. Yeah, uh, I think that would change a lot of people's perspective. Whether it's a practice or a game, you walk in. Okay, this is a classroom. This is a learning environment. Mm -hmm. How can I contribute to this learning experience for these nine-year-olds today or whatever or it is? Right, seventeen-year-olds. As a coach, really? How do I can? Yeah, of course, seventeen, yeah. eighteen, all the way up to you know professional. Professional. How can I contribute as a parent, as a player, as a coach? As a leader, all these things, and if you if you if you think about that, it really will change your perspective on when you lose that tough game, or when the coach does something a little bit that you didn't agree with, or the ref makes a tough call. And these are there; it's really challenging, and we, and myself included, is challenged on that this stuff every day, and how you act and how you react. But if we can all do that, I think we'll have better better performances in the long term, and, and definitely better people and better athletes in the long run. 
So let's sum up with just a couple of things uh, before we finish off the show today. Uh, we talked about the, the development zone, the PCA culture. We do have some very specific ingredients with it, so we talked about this before as well. Some of the key ingredients, we, we define the, the roles in our organization for, through Positive Coach Alliance. So we have our double goal, starts with a double goal coach, right? The coach, all of our coaches, they're striving, striving for the first goal of trying to win hockey games, uh, but never compromising the second goal of developing life lessons through sport. So that's our primary, our primary goal, developing life lessons through sport with always the goal to win. Uh, the triple impact competitor, we talked about this with our show with the, the hard hat. Okay, always, the, 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 the athlete's role is always to be focused on making themselves better, making their teammates better, and making the game better. So, three, so two roles for the coach, three roles for the athlete, what they're focused on. And we define the parent role as well through Positive Coach Alliance, the second goal parent. So the second goal parent leaves the first goal of trying to win hockey games completely to the athletes and the coaches. Regardless, they, make, they could be an NHL all-star, <laughs> yeah. a college hockey coach, or have no experience. The role as the parent, if you're not one coach on the team, yeah. the role as the second goal parent to leave the first goal trying to win to the athletes and the coach, and to focus completely on the second goal of developing life lessons through sport. That doesn't mean be completely out of it. Parents, we don't want you involved at all. Yeah. We want you, no, we want very more. active. A part of it, helping guide your kid through through these things and focus on the most important part of it of developing life lessons through sport. And that's why we create the curriculum as well. We want people to go along throughout the season and be be able to revert back to the really important lessons that they're going to learn. You know, there's some great videos, so there's some great worksheets, so there's on-ice, off-ice practice plans, but there's all these educational pieces that um, you sit down there with your son or daughter and go through, and that will really give you a bigger perspective on just the Sunday result, whether it's win, loss, win, lose, or draw, right? And that, that will re, bring you back and realign you to the purpose of why your kid's actually playing sports. Right. So great. So a couple of final things just on bonuses here. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're watching our show, we will give you a little extra extra love here. And there's, there's a, <laughs> Pause Coach Alliance has a book on each of these areas. So there's a book on the, the, the double, goal, double goal coach. All of our uh, coaches will receive one of these. Um, and go through that, and that goes into deeper into the into the into the double role coach. There's also one on positive sports parenting, which goes into the role of the parent in youth sports. Uh, these are all available through the Positive Coach Alliance website. And there's also one on the triple impact competitor on uh, how to help the actual athlete become the best they can be through these principles. If you're watching this show and you would like one of these books, we do have some of these extra parent. Uh, parent books and we're going to be ordering some more books as well so request one from us and we'll, we'll we'd have enough that uh, we'll get you we'll get you some until we run out and until we order some more so if you'd like these this is a great book for for parents to read um, and then just some 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 other wrap-up items so the the the, uh, the website the positive culture alliance website is linked through our curriculum and, and through our website as well which is a great uh, resource that has specific situations you can deal with um, also uh, our social media contest with the social media contest, as always, is announced after the show, so it'll be announced today after the show, so stay tuned for that. And to follow up from our last episode of the activity tracker uh, practice, we have one week left in our competition for submitting your activity trackers of your practices to Paul. Uh, Paul, did you have a couple things just to share on the activity trackers before we announce the winners next week? Yeah, so I've gotten uh, great feedback from a lot of people and, and some great results. And uh, just on the operating of the app, I think the best way is the app because of the timers. Um, but a lot of those those timers they run simultaneously, so you have to operate them each individually, stop, start, and they can run at the same time. Uh, and really, the key is to really intently watch your player that you choose, your player, your son or daughter, and you really got to be focused on it the whole sixty minutes of practice to get accurate results. And I think 
um, that's what we would like to see. Oh, I think we had some comments here too, guys. Sorry, we didn't have the help. Uh, we have a few people watching here. Uh, Robert, welcome and thank you. Grant, uh, Grant says, uh, good dryland trainers can help. Absolutely. And Lewis, uh, thank you for helping my boy get to where he is at now. Uh, thank you for being a part of it. Uh, we, also, uh, we also had some questions come in. Roddy, if you're watching, I know we had some questions coming right before the show. Yeah. We're going to address some of those uh, on the show, but also... Uh, we'll make sure we get back to you personally this week as well. Sorry we didn't have time uh, before we got into the show today to, to gear the topic entirely towards that. But keep the questions and comments coming, guys, and we'll make sure uh, we get back to you. Uh, and as always, comment and uh, share the episode, and we'll look forward to seeing you all next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific for Inside the Junior Reign and uh, helping us with our mission of together making youth sports a life-changing experience. Thank you very much, everyone. See you next week.